Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode three of the 100% Sports Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Glinsky. My co-host, as normal, Nathan Sabo, will be here shortly. And in today's episode of 100% Sports Podcast, we'll be talking winners and losers of NBA trades, free agency, and draft night. So basically, we are just recapping all of NBA free agency because it was a great NBA free agency. And if you're looking to look at more NBA content, please visit Caleb Sports Blog online.wordpress.com. Caleb Sports Blog for all in all things in-depth analysts of the NBA. And we will be back here shortly. Welcome back to episode three of the 100% Sports Podcast. Nathan Sabo is back. And Nathan, what an NBA offseason this was. Yeah, it was pretty amazing with all the moves going around. It's like a soap opera for uh, for us guys over here. Look forward to the NBA offseason every year. It's never quiet, always something dramatic going on. And uh, this one sure lived up to the hype. And a way, to, a great way to start this off was the draft lottery. Who would think the Pelicans get the number one overall pick and the Grizzlies get the second overall pick? Everyone's thinking Chicago will be in their number one, Cleveland. But yet none of those guys were I – don't, I don't think they were in the top five, but I can tell you they weren't in the top four. No, they weren't. When I was watching the draft lottery, I, I think it came down to – I was top five, and I saw the Lakers there. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I, I, something came to my mind, and I said, if the Lakers win this draft lottery, th- this thing's rigged. Because there's something came over me. I'm like, they're going to win this, aren't they? And obviously they didn't. But I'm like, it, I, something like, you know, Lakers win this, man. Then this, this, this league's really rigged. But they didn't. Pelicans won it. I never thought the Pelicans would win it. But, hey, I – after seeing Zion in his first and only summer league game against the Knicks, I think he looks pretty good in a Pelicans uni, and I think he's going to have a very successful career down there in the Bayou. I just wanted to say that was some intriguing TV to watch. That that was entertaining TV to watch that draft lottery. I'm just going to say I was on the edge of my seat just watching this thing. So it's definitely entertaining to watch, and, We'll get a little bit later. A little bit later, we'll touch on the draft. But the Pelicans also didn't get just Zion in this draft. No, they did not. They added a lot more depth to their lineup, especially also in free agency. I, I, a lot of people aren't picking the Pelicans to make the playoffs this year, but I think they are a good, young, all-around team that they can make some uh, people, uh, make some teams scared out in the West. And I think they may have a chance at that number eight or seven seed, even if you think about it. Young team, very competitive, got a lot of depth. I think they could uh, they could surprise a lot of people. All right, let's jump right into free agency. I have 14 notable free agent moves, and we'll start off with Clay Thompson injured. Clay Thompson at the moment won't be back towards a little bit February, January. He resigns with Golden State to keep the Splash Bros intact. In that all-star back all-star backcourt, he signs a five-year, one hundred eighty-nine million dollar deal. Tobias Harris 
former Piston, by the way, re-signs for the 76ers with a five-year, $180 million deal. Another former Piston with Chris Middleton. He resigns with Milwaukee with a five-year, $177 million deal. KD leaves Golden State for Brooklyn. No one saw this coming at all. He signs a four-year deal worth $164 million. Of course, he will be out for next year with that torn Achilles. Kristaps will stay in Dallas to keep the white core attack with Doncic and Kristaps. And that looks like it's going to be a little bit Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki regime all over again. He signs a five-year, $158 million deal. Jimmy Butler leaves Philadelphia for Miami, a four-year, $140 million deal. Don't think Jimmy Butler going to Miami makes them a contender just yet, but they did add some good pieces in this offseason. Kemba Walker leaves Charlotte for Boston with a four-year, $140 million deal. I don't think he's any Kyrie Irving, but a a lot better for that locker room because Kyrie was terrible in that locker room. D'Angelo Russell ends up leaving Brooklyn for Golden State, which KD forced a sign and trade so that the Warriors somehow get something out of this deal. And D'Lo was again will be sacrificed from Brooklyn. Goes to Golden State, a four-year, one hundred seventeen million dollar deal. Al Horford leaves Boston for Love Philadelphia for you. Very good rim protector, four-year, $109 million deal. Philadelphia did pick up some good pieces this offseason, but did lose some. Kawhi Leonard, the one and only God, Kawhi Leonard. Jesus. <laughs> Leaves Toronto, gives Toronto and the entire country of Canada their first ever NBA title. Kawhi Leonard, what a legend over there in Canada. But he wanted to go right back to L.A., which Clippers, not many, not many people saw that coming. Everyone was thinking Lakers, but he ends up deciding to go with the Clippers with a three-year, $103 million deal. This one stings for Milwaukee as Malcolm Brogdon yep. leaves to go to Indiana, a four-year, $85 million deal. What a backcourt that will be once Victor Oladipo yes, gets healthy. A very questionable one here for a unproven yet young Terry Rozier. He averaged 22 minutes per game a year ago with only nine points per game and three assists as he signs with Charlotte for a three-year, $56 million (laughs) deal. Derrick Rose signs with the Pistons, a two-year, $15 million deal, which in the end, could become a pretty good piece for the Pistons. As last year, he's, he averaged 18 points per game, and maybe he'll take Reggie's spot or be the sixth man of that team. And then just a few weeks ago, the Warriors keep that core intact until 2022-2023 season with Draymond Green signing an extension with a four-year, $100 million deal. A lot to digest right here for all you guys. But, Nathan, what do you think about this free agency? Well, obviously a lot of big moves, uh, as you pointed out, pretty much all the big ones. But I'm going to focus more on, you know, Kawhi Leonard and 
the man he is or the man he is. And I still think this dude's a robot. He never speaks, never says anything. And it was between the Lakers, Clippers, not really were in talks much, and the Raptors. I thought he was going to stay with the Raptors. And a lot of people thought he was going to go with the Lakers. A lot of talk about that. But in the end, it turned out to be the quiet team, the team that didn't say much kept quiet the whole time and it was the Clippers and I think that has to do with Kawhi a lot Kawhi's a quiet guy as, as you can tell he never speaks much to the media never says anything and I think the Clippers is a right fit for him I'd rather see him in a Clippers uniform rather than a Lakers uniform another Me one too. I want to point out here is um Tobias Harris I think the 76ers are one of the smartest franchises right now in the NBA they got rid of Jimmy Butler, which I have no issue with. I don't I don't see what's so great about JB. He's he's a pretty good shooter, but he's got an attitude on that team and I don't I don't blame them for getting rid of him, but signing Tobias Harris that 5-year 180 million dollar deal. I like that a lot as you know, former Piston. Um but <laughs> I, I like what Philly's doing. Obviously, they also added Al Horford, great rim protector as you said, putting him with uh, Joel Embiid and uh, with Harris and uh, Simmons, that that lineup can be pretty something really special if Simmons couldn't develop a jump shot, which he still has not proven to do so yet. But overall, Sixers, I would say a winner. Clippers, a winner. Um, another move I like to point out: Kemba Walker to Boston. Now I know Boston; they lost a lot. Horford, Morris, Irving. First of all, losing Kyrie Irving, that's not an issue at all. It sure is talent-wise, but he just ended up being a complete douchebag over the last year in that locker room and worried about himself more than the team's sake. So I can't blame Boston for just letting him walk. Uh, Kemba Walker's a good addition to Boston. I think he's very underrated after playing with the mediocre Charlotte team most of his career. I think he's going to shine out pretty good Boston. I can see them being a playoff team. Losing Horford's going to mean a lot more than people think on that Boston team. He was great. But Boston, I would say overall, they had some key losses, but I like Kemba Walker's move there. Um, Dallas, man, I love Mark Cuban, Dallas. I love that. Going out on a rim, trading for Porzingis, signing him to the five-year $158 million deal. Him and Doncic, man, two key young players. And Porzingis, yes, he's been in the league for a while, it seems, but he's only 24 coming off that injury. I think Doncic and Porzingis are the next two duo in the NBA that are really going to get done. I really like what Dallas is doing down there. As for the rest of the NBA, a couple key moves you said. Jimmy Butler to Miami, I don't love that. I don't think he's going to do too much there. I don't might think Miami's going to be a playoff they'll be a playoff contender but I don't think they'll get there in the end Uh, Milwaukee great job in re-signing Chris Middleton they did lose Malcolm Brogdon to the Pacers but uh, Milwaukee overall they did good they were were able to retain uh, Brooke Lopez I believe as well as adding a couple of additions such as Kyle Korver which will help with that three-point shooting which they needed badly Um, Pacers Added, like I just said, they added uh, Malcolm Brogdon, him and Oladipo. That's going to be a great duo in the backcourt, front court. I mean, whatever. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> and then uh, 
that's about it for the big winners. As for the losers, I mean, obviously the New York Knicks. I mean, you can't. <laughs> what are they doing? You got James Dolan coming out here promising everybody, you know, we're going to get KD, the big free agent signings. We're going to get KD, Kyrie. We're going to get the number one overall pick with Zion. And as things usually go bad for the Knicks, they did. They didn't get any of those. Instead, they signed a young, talented Julius Randle to a three-year, sixty-two-year, sixty-two million dollar deal, and that's Dolan's definition of signing big players. And I don't know, man. The Knicks once again failed to prove to be big market contenders, and what's even stings worse for them is. They didn't just lose KD and Kyrie. They lost them to the Nets, who play across the river in Brooklyn. So, that is true. the Knicks, I don't think, are no longer New York's team. I think Brooklyn and is going to obviously be big contenders in the East. But the Knicks, man, I don't. I there's just not much to say about them. The Knicks, once again, they <laughs> no words said. They have been uh, absolute garbage fire ever since James Dolan took ownership and that whole organization from top to bottom it's just i i don't know what to say other than they're going to be bad and they're going to be bad for a while um as for another loser i guess you would say the raptors they did lose obviously Ky- Ky- Kyrie. they lost Kawhi to the clippers <laughs> they also lost danny green um they also have a lowry and uh Gasol, they're on their last year of their contracts, but they got a young core with Siakam, Fred Van Vliet. I would guess you could say it's a loss in free agency, but again, Kawhi brought him a, a title, and you can't ask for anything better than that. He brought a whole country a title, if you think about it. But the Raptors, they got some young guys that they could build around. I wouldn't be worried about them. As for overall free agency, I'd say more winners than losers, but uh, it was a hectic summer, and next year is going to be even a pretty – Pretty more hectic. Can't argue with much there, but another a, a point that I think you may have missed is the Knicks also recent or er, signed Bobby Portis, a young power forward, which could do some damage towards the end. They still have Mitchell Robinson there with the Knicks and RJ Barrett. Of course, they did miss all the big free agent signings, but they still have a decent core. They're, they're just gonna have to rely a lot on R.J. Barrett, but two big winners I don't – you did not uh, go over is I think Golden State won – yes, they lost KD, but they kept that core in Yeah, hats. I agree with you. I, I don't think the, the Warriors are going to just ease their way through into the finals like normal. normally. They'll struggle a lot this regular season because Clay won't be there, but you still have – Steph Curry, Draymond. They also kept Kevon Looney, who's their starting center. They're a very good player development team. Lost a bit of that bench, of course. Of course, Andre Iguodala, Jordan Bell, Quinn Cook. But they, the only thing they needed to do was keep that core intact. That was their biggest thing, their biggest question coming into free agency. They did exactly that with re-signing Clay Thompson. They pick up D'Angelo Russell, who they'll somehow find that all three of those guys to work like they Mm -hmm. normally do. And they also keep Draymond Green, who is a vocal point of that team. If Draymond Green is not in the, on this team, I don't think they win as many championships as they do. 
But Portland kept their all-star backcourt together for the long term with C.J. McCollum, who's a little bit underrated just because Portland isn't that, you know, eye-opener, free agent landing type of area out in Portland. But they do keep C.J. McCollum, and Dame Time stays in Portland. I mean, Damian Lillard is probably one of the clutchest point guards ever. You saw what he did against OKC. I love this man, Damian Lillard. He is a big, big part of what Portland is going to end up doing towards the future, building around those two. So they keep it all intact. And then the Lakers are one of the biggest losers. You pick, you look big superstars, max contracts. They, they open all that. They freed up. They freed up all that cap. Up Anthony Davis through trade, but they I think they gave up a little too much for Anthony Davis with their future regarding their future. But they missed out on Kawhi or getting heck even a Clay Thompson and Jimmy Butler, who they were looking at for this summer too. But they lost. They they swung and swung and swung and swung and missed. That's what they did. And then another one that they lost. A loser is, of course, Toronto because they lost Kawhi and Danny Green, but they won a championship. So I don't think they're complaining too much. So, Freed, what a hectic summer. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with those other points you said. I'm not. The Lakers, you know, obviously adding two max deals, LeBron and Anthony Davis, adding guys around them like Avery Bradley and Danny Green and I, I guess it's going to work, but I, I something's telling me that it, it's not going to – they're not going to be winning the title there anytime soon. They gave away, like you said, a lot of young talent with Brendan Ingram and those guys, and they gave up a lot of picks too as well for Anthony Davis. I think maybe they could find a title there, but LeBron, he's getting older, and he's coming down to the end of his – he's out of his prime now, I believe, but – if they want to win a championship, it's going to be either this year or next year. And I know AD is going to improve that team a lot, but there's something something's telling me that they're gonna they're gonna struggle down the stretch here this year. And Golden State, you pointed out as well. I can't argue with that. They able to keep their core three together. Obviously, Thompson will be out the whole year. Maybe he may come back near the end. I don't think he will. But adding D'Angelo Russell. With Steph Curry, they'll make it work. They always find a way to make it work. Draymond Green, I don't like him, but you know what? He means a lot to that Warriors team. He means as much as Steph Curry, I believe. His ability to go up and down the floor, defend well, um, rebound the ball. I I can't argue with your point of saying they don't win that championship without uh, Draymond Green. As much as I don't like the guy, he means a lot to Golden State, and they did a great job with keeping him. As for uh, the rest of free agency, you know, Toronto, I pointed out, they did lose, but, hey, they got a championship, so can't argue. Um, But, yeah, that's about it for free agency. One move on to the draft now. It was – we all know who the first three picks were with Zion, Ja, and RJ. But a big winner of this draft was obviously the Pelicans. They picked up Zion Williamson, who's probably one of the best generational talents out of coming out of college. I guess you could say LeBron James was the other bigger one coming out of high school. 
with Zion, I think, is one of the bigger ones coming out of college. They also picked up Jackson Hayes, who has shown some brilliance through Summer League. And, I, I mean, just drafting Zion automatically makes you a winner. But getting Jackson Hayes as well, that that just makes you a little – that makes it a little bit better. The Hawks, of course, they picked up DeAndre Hunter through trades, which DeAndre Hunter is a lockdown defender, especially seeing him in college. Oh, I think Virginia, if you saw it two years ago when they lost to UMBC, you can tell Virginia missed DeAndre Hunter, and you can show how much Virginia needed DeAndre Hunter. Just his presence, you know, lockdown defender, he can get you a bucket. So with having DeAndre Hunter, I think the Hawks become a lot better. Of course, adding to that young core, they picked up Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish, I think a lot of people were expecting more coming out of high school and into that Duke recruiting class that was absolutely insane. Cam Reddish only had 13 points per game, but he did shoot the ball particularly well, 35%, particularly average, I should say, 35% from the field. So I think more people will be expecting a little bit more from Cam Reddish. And he was a bit of a shell of 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 his former self when he was at Duke. But some losers, I think the Suns lost. They lost. T.J. Warren, the sixth pick that ends up becoming Jarrett Culver, who I think will end up becoming a sleeper in this draft. Jarrett Culver is so good. And they traded also the 32nd pick, a 22 first-rounder. And all they got was Aaron Baines, Dario Sarch, Cam Johnson, and Ty Jerome. But I think T.J. Warren is a big piece that they lose. Very good young piece. And Jarrett Culver I like a lot. And another big loser from this draft is Bull Bull. Coming into the year, his freshman year of college out in Oregon, of course, former his father was former NBA player Minute Bull. All everyone knows how tall he is, how long he is. But Bull Bull, everyone's expecting top five. And then he plays a few games in his freshman year at college. He tore something in his leg and he drops all the way to the forty fourth pick. It's traded a few times. So Bull Bull is a big loser. Another another winner I would like to say is Boston yep. with picking up Carson Edwards. Really like Carson Edwards as a point guard. Romeo Langford, I I don't think he was a little bit more of a Cam Reddish in college. Everyone comes in, big name recruit. Everyone's expecting he's gonna be some sensation. Everyone knew they're gonna be one and dones, but I think a lot more people were expecting. Romeo Linkford to do something, especially even get them to the NCAA tournament, which he didn't do. Heck, they didn't even win the NIT with Romeo Linkford. So Romeo Linkford, I don't think is a great pick, but don't forget the Celtics picked up an undrafted free. Agent. Oh, I think I know who you're going to talk about. Is it? Is it my guy out of UCF? Oh yes, sir. Oh, it is my man. Taco Fall. Yes, sir. I mean, what is there to hate about Taco Falls? Seven foot seven, really humble, and I'm just saying that the last foul he had against Duke, it's not a foul. That's not a foul. <laughs> they nearly upset the number one team in the country, but I am just saying, heck of a shot by Zion to get the and one, but refs, come on, that's not a foul. Yeah, I love Taco Fall, man. If if you don't like him, then you don't like basketball. You, you can't not like the guy. He's awesome and surprisingly athletic as well. 
Um, as for the draft for me, big winners, I don't have too much. I, obviously, Atlanta, very, very big winners. Getting Jackson Hayes out of Texas, I like him. Cam Reddish, I'm, you know, a lot of people were high on him going to Duke, and he didn't really prove to be as, as big as people thought he would. He didn't really show out in many games. He was always behind the spotlight, behind RJ and Zion. He's going to have to uh, prove a lot there in Atlanta, but I, I'm not so sure about him. Jackson Hayes I love, and I, I, I like DeAndre Hunter out of Virginia. I don't have an issue with that. Putting those guys up against with uh, Trey Young, I, I think Atlanta's building a young core that can uh, prove to have a bright future, bright future ahead. Another winner, Boston Celtics, like you said. I, I like Carson Edwards. I really like that pick. I think he could prove to be, if not a starter, a key sixth man in that lineup. I, I really like Carson Edwards out of Purdue. Um, as for Romeo Langford, I didn't see too much last year that impressed me. Like you said, he could, he's going to have some, to pr- uh, he's going to have some to prove, but, uh, as for losers, I mean, sons. Yeah. I, I like Jarrett Culver at Texas tech. I, I can't say that's a loss really. Um, key losses. I don't know. I don't have much to say. Kevin Porter Jr. out of USC. He's a key loss himself with his, you know, issues off the court. But, you know, he his stock went down a lot after his issues he's had. And I think he, he cost himself a, a higher pick there. Not many big losses, you could say. As for the big three. All three of those teams did good. Even the Knicks, you know, I think RJ is going to prove to be a pretty decent kid. I, one kid I really like is Kobe White out of UNC with Chicago. I think that's a great pick there, a great fit for him. And I want to touch on the Detroit Pistons pick really quick. Sekou Dumboya. A lot of people are hesitant on the pick, even though none of us really know who the heck he is. There's not really any film too much film on him as he came from France but look it's another thing it's going to take a couple years to come he's got to develop and for all those people out there saying he's going to play this year yeah no that's not happening he's got to develop his game he's coming from a completely different country where they play differently than the NBA he's coming from a French league to the NBA that's a big difference give him a couple years um as for the rest of the draft Bull Bull, like you said, I I know he was big coming into the into this year. Got hurt and uh, he his stock went down a lot. Ended up going forty four. But man, I love Taco Fall out of UCF. I can't stop talking about that guy. I hope he goes on to have a pretty good career. He's he's a beast out there, and you can't not root for that kid. He's awesome. Another thing to add to the Saku Demboya. Do not pronounce Close his enough. name correctly, but I I don't know if it's a confirmed report at all that he was supposed to go top ten and the Pistons didn't think he was going to fall to fifteenth. I don't know. We just got to wait and see. I don't know too much on him. I I just hope they the Pistons just need someone with three point shooting. Yep. Uh, I I don't really know. They could have had Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker, but. They took Luke Kennard and Stanley Johnson. But another thing to add with 
if the Bulls do not start Kobe White and they start like a Zach Levine or a Chris Dunn, I think they're crazy. Kobe White, he does make some foolish mistakes, but he I think he'll end up turning out to be a solid point guard in the NBA. I just really like the Bulls' young core, the Hawks' young core. Of course, they still have Kevin Herter, Trey Young, John Collins, and now you add DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish to that mix. I think it's a very good mix. So a lot of a lot of positives coming out of this draft. Not too many negatives that I can see just yet, but we'll just have to wait and see out of the draft. And then the trades. The trades this year were crazy. I want to hear your take on some of these trades. Well, obviously, uh, the biggest trade coming out of the offseason is uh, Paul George to the Clippers. And I know the Clippers did give up a lot for him, but in the end, that trade overall, the Clippers made a big, gutsy move, and I think it's going to pay off for them. I think the Clippers are the team in L.A. to beat, not the Lakers. I think the Lakers will be competitive. They'll be very competitive with the Clippers. However, George and Kawhi, I think those two are going to combine very well together. As for the Lakers, man, they did give up a lot for Anthony Davis. Multiple first-round picks as well as Brendan Ingram, Lonzo Ball. I I know I pointed this out earlier today. I don't know if he's going to be able to – if that team's going to be able to come together to win a championship, I, I, there's something something going on there that I, I don't like. I think they'll be very competitive, maybe make it to the finals, but there's just something about them that I, I don't think they're going to be able to win a championship. They did give up a lot for Anthony Davis. Um, I think he does fit well with the Lakers overall, but anytime LeBron's involved, it's always LeBron's team, which worries me. And, Magic Johnson obviously leaving earlier in the year. I don't blame him. And basically, the reports are coming out saying, you know, he's hard to work with because anytime LeBron's involved, it's his team. He takes over. But I like the Paul George trade Clippers. I don't mind giving up all that for him because obviously he's coming home now to L.A. and Kawhi's coming home as well. So I, I like the I like the Clippers trade for George. I don't mind. But Anthony Davis to the Lakers, man, they did give up a lot for him. Can't disagree there all. And to see what LA gave up, of course they did a three-way trade. The Lakers only get Anthony Anthony Davis. Yes, Anthony Davis will get you 28, 30 points a year. Or, excuse me, 28 points a game, 30 points a game, which will definitely help. I think they kept the bet the better young piece out of Lonzo, Ingram, and Kuzma while keeping Kuzma. But they did give up Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, which I think Lonzo Ball will fit well in New Orleans because it Lonzo Ball's play style is not to get you a basket. It's to create plays. And, yes, Drew Holiday is still there mm-hmm. as going to be your primary point guard with New Orleans. But Lonzo Ball will probably come off the bench, and he's going to make – place for that bench and I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans possibly move up into as as a six spot just because that bench is going to be superb this year especially adding Josh Hart and they also got two future first round draft picks Washington and then the other three other the other team in this three-way trade was the Wizards who got Isaac Bonga, Mo Wagner (laughs) and a 
and a 22 second round pick. But another, but here's the thing. Biggest winner I'm going to say out of all of these trades, it's got to be OKC. I don't understand how you you don't think OKC is a winner. But we didn't touch on the Russell Westbrook trade. Yes, Russell Westbrook is a triple-double all the time. But OKC, of course, if they were going to make this trade work, they were going to have to take on Chris Ball's terrible contract. There's a year left, so I think they'll just let him run off and get rid of his $36 million a year, which I think it's what it is. And they get a 24 first, 2024 first-round draft pick and a 2026 first-round draft pick. And I just want to go to these all these OKC first-round draft picks. These aren't even counting the seconds. These are the first-round draft picks. They have 15 total. They have two in 2020. They have two in 2021. They have two in 2022. They have two in 2023. They have three in 2024, one in 2025, and two in 2026. Yes, some of these are the Clippers, and I think, and the Clippers will end up becoming, they'll becoming title contenders up until 2022. And once Kawhi's contract gets up, Paul George, you don't know if they're going to stay. You don't know what's going to happen in three years' time. Of course, Miami has them in there too, which I think by 2023, I think the only hope you're looking at is if you keep Bam Adebayo, Justice Winslow, and Tyler Hero, which could end up benefiting them. But I don't know in the long run. But once you get past 2023 and you're looking at your three 2024 draft picks and you're going up to multiples in 2025 and 2026 those all could be high draft picks you don't even know in 2022 if they'll be high draft picks or in the future so OKC comes out a huge winner in these draft in the in these trades especially with all 15 draft picks out there so I can't see I can see OKC they picked up Shy Gilgis Alexander from the Clippers, who wasn't that bad last year. 10 points a game, just 21. He'll continue to progress. They picked up Daniil Gallinari in these trades as well. He's, of course, aging, but 20 points per game a year ago. So, OKC, yes, they're going to be they're going to struggle for quite a few years, but the pieces are definitely there. No, and I, I don't I don't mean to come off wrong there. I mean, I I don't mind the Thunder trade and getting all those picks. That's obviously great for their future. I I think it was a good deal for both teams, Clippers and Thunder. Uh, obviously, with multiple first round picks, as you pointed out, that they're going to be they're going to be a team to beat in the future if they could build with those first round picks. But not just use them as draft picks, but use them as trade assets as well in the future. True. True. Um, the only thing that worries me about the OKC Thunder is. You know, Sam Presti's been the GM since 2007. He's obviously 12 years. He's had KD, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and he hasn't been able to win anything, to be honest. I mean, if you think about it, that's the only thing that worries me about him is he's had those four guys, hasn't won much. That's the only thing that worries me. Is he the right guy to rebuild his team with all those first-round picks? I don't think he is. He's been there for 12 years enough. He's had four key guys that could possibly win a championship. Hasn't been able to get it done. But 
he's the only question for me as the Thunder is if they should keep on to hold on to him. As for that trade though itself, I think it's a winner for both teams, as you pointed out. You can't you can't argue it. Clippers got what they wanted. Thunder got plenty what they wanted. They also got rid of Westbrook. They do take on Paul or uh, Chris Paul's contract for a year, but that's like you said, it runs out. That's not an issue. They're not going to be really relevant for a couple years anyway. But as for that trade overall, I can't complain. Both both sides were winners out on that trade. Can't disagree at all, but that Sam Presti, I wasn't thinking of that, so good that you pointed out. Of course, they had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and KD on the same team at one point. Yeah, that, so. that's the only thing that worries me is, you know, he's had all these key guys and hasn't been able to get it done. So I, I think they need to move on from him, find a better GM to run this thing to rebuild it because they got plenty of assets in place. They have a lot more than any other team has. They, they look good for the future. They just need to find the right guy to rebuild it. It's going to be an intriguing job for anyone to take on with all those draft picks and young assets there. So... And possibly they might end up moving on from Billy Donovan in the end, which hasn't done much with this OKC team either. All right, Nathan, I think this is the end of our show, and I will see you later. All right, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go listen to our other two podcasts that are out right now. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening. All right, we'll see you later. See ya! <laughs> Just like to thank you for listening to episode three of 100% Sports Podcast and 100% Sports Podcast in general. Also, check out episode one and two, talking about war, football, college, and pro. And we are also now available on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So please let your friends, family, whomever know. So we will see you next time. See you later.